0: Yeah, so I actually originally started and was born in Chicago. So um, I was lucky that my grandfather at the time um, he he was actually one of the reporters in the fourth edition of the Chicago Tribune. Mm -hmm. So he got to do a lot of interviews with basketball players, and I got to meet like the likes of Michael Jordan because I was in that era. Oh, okay. Um, And then from from there, we moved to um, California, and actually LA mostly, and we lived there till I went to. Went to high school or excuse me went to college but that mm. was a really interesting period of time um because my mom got really sick okay so she got sick and then we had some financial problems so i actually didn't live with my family very much okay um, and started to live with basketball coaches and all the other places but from there i moved down to san diego back in 03 and um mm. now it's about 18 years and i've settled in and yeah I got, I got myself a little home
1: that's awesome that's awesome uh well i mean how has that been with the kids and everything like that has that been like an easy transition uh, i'm glad i i love that you post about your kids it's probably one of the things that like kind of attracted me more to your page i'm um, like the fact that you you pretty much you show who you are for them you you stand as a dad and that that was something that i was like okay this guy's a genuine person because a lot of people don't want to really put themselves out there or i mean if you're i mean you know twitter a lot of people don't even show who they really are as it is you know
0: yeah so that's a big thing for me um authenticity and i'll probably talk a lot about that authenticity and i really use a kind of a catchphrase kind of be true be you because mm-hmm. um, really in an era we are we're just trying to um you know that that model of kind of just being what one side of you on that face on the social media is not the way to be mm-hmm. so with my kids i do the same like i'm extremely transparent with my kids we open up we have open conversations um they give me feedback um you know i'm no longer married so now that we're in this together we we have to make the decisions together so they have feedback to my parenting um into the choices we make obviously i'm the breadwinner and i have to make the hard decisions mm-hmm. but they always do get feedback so it's been really helpful
1: what's well, been one of the biggest rewards of uh, of being a dad Obviously, I, I don't have any kids. I'm a basically a baby still from my perspective. But yeah, I kind of want to see a little I like, get a little bit of a gleam into that life because uh, that's still down the, the future for me on my end.
0: Yeah. So the biggest one is obviously the unconditional love. Um, you know, being a parent, you can never communicate that type of love to anybody else that doesn't have kids. Mm-hmm. But when you just look up to your parents, maybe just look at their faces. Like, you know, on the hard days and yet there's a glow they have for you. There's a, this unconditional love. So I think that's one of the biggest things is, um, you yes. know, for the best and the worst parts of you, that's what they bring out. Um, you know, they can bring out really hard work or sometimes they, they show you all your flaws mm-hmm. or your, you know, your best part. So I think that that's really interesting, but I'm not going to say I got a second chance on trying to make my life better because they're leading their own lives. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I. Just want to be somebody that can be there for support for their growth, and I think seeing them smile at the end of the day and saying thank you for the help—that's mm-hmm. probably what's the best
1: for you. I think, yeah, I think that's one of the greatest things. Uh, one of the things that I that I liked about you as well that we were talking about yesterday was that uh, that you were spending quality time with them because I think that's something. No matter how hard you work, nothing will ever take away that time because time in itself is its own currency. And, and that's important that you're doing that with them. So that's why I was like, when you couldn't do it yesterday, I was like, oh, that's, I was like, if you're with your kids, I was like, don't even worry about me. I'm just nobody, you know, that's your whole world right there. And, and that makes me happy. Uh, what's, what's been one of the biggest challenges that you've had, um, I guess, like in regards to like having a kids, cause obviously it's, it's, um, there's pros and cons to both, but is there anything in particular that stands out or maybe like a certain time in your life when you were like, you were unsure how to take care of them, but you overcame that?
0: Yeah, so actually, that's a great question because um, they, because I have them, I actually did a massive change in my life. Mm -hmm. Some years ago, um, I was actually a scientist and then worked in um, still managing a a marketing team at a biotech. And I pretty much spent 70% of my time traveling the world speaking um, speaking engagements. And that means when I say that, like, I was gone 70% of the month. So at least three to four, um, three weeks out of the month that I was gone. And that meant that I had no interactions with my kids. Um, then I went through kind of a divorce and that there was the chance that I was going to lose my kids about the 70%. Yeah. And that was really scary. Um, so at that moment, I had to change it and, you know, and really kind of decide that this is what I want to do and how am I being there for my kids and kind of led to where I am now a little bit, but, you know, like. I'm still trying like i working i'm in the last few months of my mba at the same time as i now still managing a biotech company and i have two companies mm-hmm. so i'm i'm definitely um engaged but so that's why i actually have to allocate the time appropriately and then um you know again it's feedback they'll let me know hey we, i need more time mm-hmm. and then i'm like okay so i need to set more time aside and um make less commitments on my friends so it it's been a balancing act for sure
1: mm-hmm. Um, well, in regards to balancing, how do you, uh, that's actually pretty impressive. And I give you major props for doing that. How do you manage two companies and and that position that you're in right now?
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's all one, it's about networks about, um, who who, who can be there for you and it's been also about prioritizing, um, you know, growth is obviously all we want to do whenever we look at a company, we want to make a lot of money, but I'm, I'm not trying to build something for the short term. I'm trying to build something that, um, lasts the trials of time. So I'm being patient and I'm allocating the appropriate time growing organically to help build businesses. Well, um, I also made a hard decision that where I took no financial investment. Mm-hmm. So I'm investing all of it out of my own money, which has allowed me to be a lot more patient through the process as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, the other side of that, again, is just. Just listening to to them, listening to my friends around me, really engaging with friends, and we'll do, like, um, special things, and the special things is because when you're older, like, you remember the quality time, but there's little things that you remember that you did with your parents, Mm -hmm. so sometimes I try to make those special moments, um, you know, stand out that much more
1: that's awesome no yeah especially as a kid i was like for me i guess trying to like like go back to like my memory it's kind of a blur you know i'm like it's only like certain little memories that stand out but i guess that's just uh i guess that's one of the prices of growing up you know it's just it's a long-term memory i guess it's whatever stands out the most but um i do know that you have um i i believe the first one is fro bro correct
0: so, Frobro is actually myself, my own personal, like, speaking engagement to what I've become. Okay. Um, he's, he's also an icon um, for Frode's, um, and that's Frode's, F-R-O-S. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually the clothing the, um, brand.
1: Yes. Got you. Well, did you start that in, was it in 2020 as well, or was that maybe a little bit later on uh, in the past, or...?
0: Yeah, no, the um, story on that is super interesting. I'll I'll leave it like that. And I don't know if you want to tee that up. But um, yeah, that was kicked off um, in the middle of
1: 2020. Nice, nice. How was it like during uh, during COVID getting everything sorted out? Or was there any difficulties in the beginning for that or?
0: No, actually, it it helped speed up the process a lot um, because I, again, I'm a patient person. So I want to do everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, message quality and, um, brand and, you know, I do marketing strategy and consulting now and brand has always been super important. So it wasn't, and I use the word brands mm-hmm. when I said company, it's a clothing brand, not a clothing line or shirt company, because again, this is about developing a message that can hold, um, through time. So, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and just being patient to make sure that we do this right.
1: Mm-hmm okay yeah that's uh that's that's really cool and that's gonna be more so for for surfers is that what it is
0: so i'm sorry a Combination. Uh-huh. no no no. it's actually a great point because um you know i am a surfer i do skate um but i'm also a street wearing lifestyle guy but also i have used to be a scientist so i'm pretty much everything i don't fit any social norms okay i wanted to create a brand that spoke to people the same as i'm a minority you know, there's not a lot of minority um, surf and skate brands, mm-hmm. but there's definitely no minority or just surf and skate brands that also spit out um streetwear. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I figured, why not blend who I am and offer that back to the community? And so far, it's been really, really well accepted.
1: That's awesome. And I do want to give you a shout out for almost completing your MBA, because I know during that whole process, I mean, for the most part, you're just clapping yourself on, on the back and just having to push so forward with your motivation and you don't really get much recognition so major props to that as well as being a scientist do you might elaborate a little bit more in regards to that what, what was it that you um that you specialize in yeah
0: so i did a lot of um, molecular biology and biochemistry mm-hmm. really those are just bug words for saying i did genetics okay um and so i just spent a lot of time and i always tell people you're familiar with the 23 Me and Ancestry.com. The company I worked at specialized and made all their equipment. So every time you place an order um, from, from one of them, mm-hmm. you're actually supporting the work that I was doing.
1: Oh, snap. Okay, yeah. No, I, I know a bunch of people that have gone on there and they're like, oh, I'm 8% this, 15% that, whatever the, the percentage might be. I haven't done it yet. Have you done it yourself, the 23andMe, or... Cause I know some people yeah. are like uh, like like ups, like ups, like I'm never gonna do it. I'm like, why? But I don't know. Do you know what the objections yeah, are for yeah.
0: that? Um, there's both sides of the coin on that, and you know, like the medical information versus just ancestry where you come from. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, ancestry for me was a fantastic thing. Like, not even in the science, but like I knew that I was half black, half Portuguese, mm-hmm. so um, it was nice to be able to tra- trace my Portuguese background to the exact island that they were from. Oh, okay. and actually see that it actually led from um, slave, slave, um, I guess I want to use migration or slave, um, slave trade through Portugal because they were the number one slave traders at the time. So I do have a tremendous amount of slavery in my background, but yet it's through Portugal, and then on the same time, ancestry. Actually, they do a separation, like a potential family, Mm -hmm. and I learned I have about maybe 40 or 50 different um, family members in the East Coast, Northeast, that I never knew I I even had, so um, I'm now in contact with them because of that.
1: Oh, really? How's that experience been, and when did you get in contact with them?
0: I, you know, I really, the past um, through COVID is really when it started to open up, and I've Mm -hmm. known about them for about two years, and it's just... It's growing. And now on the other side of COVID, they're just looking for me and my brother and sister to finally get out and um, do something that's a family reunion. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really exciting. So I definitely, from that aspect, I know it can be scary, like finding out maybe your parents aren't really your parents, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of good things that can come out of it. So I highly recommend, um, you know, just take an opportunity to really get to know yourself.
1: In, uh, When it comes to 23andMe, is it true um, – again, I haven't done it, but I, I've heard that you can customize your diet as well in regards to like, what's best suited for you based on your genetics?
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of different ops that are coming out from that, um, and it's – it's what they can't offer you, you can always take your data and upload it into any other program um, that can allow you to do that because that is really – what people are saying the value out of um a lot of it hasn't been fully vetted out Mm -hmm. so i would just say like as much as good information as you get just be really careful Mm -hmm. because um you know just because the system tells you doesn't mean that it may be right because it's not taking all your differences like how often you work out um you know like if you because a lot of it doesn't always say if you smoke like if they get into all those questions Mm -hmm. like that may help but like every person is a little bit different
1: so Okay, so it's just all personalized and tailored based off of your needs. It's not just solely the genetics. It's also based on your uh, what's in the control aspects of your life, basically.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the goal is they're going to ask you questions to try to help really get, get into the nitty and green. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, you know, like anything like, yeah, you, you go buy a burger. There's a good burger and there's a bad burger, but it's still a burger. So mm-hmm. the same thing to do with those apps, like they're all going to say that oh. they're giving you different information, but they're not always as quality.
1: I see. I see. OK. Um, so when it came to to speaking, was that the position that you were in when you were traveling or was that for marketing?
0: So I did both, both. Science as well as marketing. And I've done. That's awesome, of, man. A lot of youth, <laughs> a lot, a lot of youth um, speaking engagements as well
1: okay okay got you um well in regards to that where have you been I-, I was glimpsing across your um your account i saw that you were you've been in new york i saw you've been in australia i think that was one of the the funnier ones that i saw that i really like because uh i think uh what was it koalas right yes yeah uh yeah you, ha- you have a fear of that what was that well
0: i yeah <laughs> I, um, I remember when i first was listening not oh, the first time i've ever heard about poals, uh-huh. we were talking about how koalas <laughs> have chlamydia <laughs> and, um, and it's like the most random thing you could ever hear about <laughs> so in Australia. And they were like, um, I was at a conservancy, and they were like, Hey, let's take pictures with the koalas. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, everybody's like, Think of all the pictures you can like you can share with that. And so I was like, mm. Okay, I'll do it for the pictures that I'm holding and just looking super awkwardly. I'm just thinking up my head, I was like, I don't want to get chlamydia. I don't want to get chlamydia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I probably would be the same way. I'm like, Get this thing away from me right away. <laughs> How um well I'm surprised you did that though. How did you um? I know it's a it's a it's a it's more on the smaller end, but obviously you might have had anxiety. How are you able to overcome that? And I guess we can expand on that to maybe a situation you've had for maybe like one of your companies as well on a bigger scale.
0: Yeah, so um that that one's an easy one. Because, yeah. You know, as as difficult as it not seem, mm-hmm. they're not really because like you you have to look past the fear, or sometimes just lean into the fear and. And, and the worst thing that I was thinking was like, okay, all I, in that situation, I was like, all I don't need to do is put my hands on my private parts. Or put my hands in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, literally, yeah. after I was done, Butch, um, I would have been triple washing. My friends could tell, what was that?
1: I would have been triple washing. Get this off me real quick.
0: You know, but my friends were like, dude, we could see it on your face. You look uncomfortable. But to the majority of the public, mm. they don't know till I say it. You know, hmm. because I, I am smiling, but I'm just not smiling authentically. Oh, Most I see. My friends all always know that I'm a very authentic smiler. Mm-hmm. So they could see it, But majority of people. But like I said, a lot of hands washing after. <laughs> I was like walking through, just like don't touch anything. Yeah.
1: That was me at the beginning of Corona. I was like, I am like super like like anal. I was like, I don't even know what's going on right now. That was like in March of like twenty twenty. Now I'm just like I. I mean, I don't really hear <laughs> too much. Yeah, I'm just like I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what the little fifteen year old are doing on TikTok, just licking the toilets. No, I'm joking, obviously. But that that, that was out of hand. That was out of pocket. I was like, why are you guys? I don't know what The incentive is, but I guess it just blows up because of anger and and whatnot, you know. But uh, I guess it. And I, I, going back to that first question, though, I am curious, obviously, you had your own set of anxiousness, your own set of worries. How did you how did you look past that? Because a lot of people usually stay in a frozen state or a state of shock, and they don't really have the ability to keep on moving forward.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing and, you know, and as I say this, I'm always still working at it. Like fear is and I have an acronym for fear. So fear is um, future events affecting reality. And basically you're, you're more scared of what the potential could be Mm -hmm. instead of what the, what the reality is. Mm -hmm. So you're just worried something bad going to happen. So for me, in those moments, I'm consistently saying, okay, I know it could be bad, but it isn't, so let me give it a shot. That doesn't mean I can't, I'm not still going to be scared. I'm not going to have the fear. Mm -hmm. It's going to be there, but you gotta lean in. And so I consistently try to do that in my normal day, like. Um, we recently, a group of us did a fair, um, a fear log where every day you carried around a notebook and you wrote all your fears down and you just write if you could accomplish it, if you overcame it or not. And then at the end of the week, you just look back and say, okay, look at all the fears I had, how did I do? Mm-hmm. And then next week, the following week, if you continued it, you'd be able to say, okay, I should be doing better. If I did, if I had six out of 10 that I was successful on, but those four I missed, Next week, I want to have 7 out of 10 and only drop 3. So you're always trying to get better. And with me, that's the same thing. It's like I look at the fear and say, okay, can I face it? It's like what is my fear and why does it exist? And actually turn the conversation inwardly because the fear comes from something and I need to figure out what that is.
1: Got you, got you. How do you – um obviously even though you do have those worries obviously you have to have a statistical approach in and how you proceed obviously with like your finances your kids your time how do you base the the risks or reward of the things that you do um you know
0: there's there's always risks mm-hmm. and it's funny right before we were talking i was thinking about this like my failures and i don't i was trying to think as I don't have that many failures. Like I look at, mo- look at them as opportunities. And then I started like, okay, well, that's not true. That's a lie, Jason. And I was like, I do have failures. And in the past I had spent a time, like not even completing things, like not starting things and that was a failure because I didn't want to see the end out and like, you're talking about the risk or you know, the reward versus um, the risk. And in the past, I had not taken the chance because I was scared. So now in the past few years, I've really tried to turn that around and say, you know what? I don't know what reward may be. I don't know what, like, I know that there's a lot of risk in whatever I do when I start. And most of it's just time. But I'm like, this is an investment towards myself because the only way for me to get to that, become that, like, I'm not talking about, like, people talk about one percenters. I'm not talking about being a one percenter. I'm talking about being a a 0.1 percenter. Mm -hmm. I want to get to that like that other level and it's not financially it's it's in the mind and the body because if i know if i can reach that next level everything else will come and everybody that's around me will come with me mm-hmm. so I, that's what i'm really striving for when i look at risk and reward it's like is it going to bring me to the next level if it potentially could let's do it mm-hmm. no.
1: i really like that i i thank you for your perspective another question that i, I did want to ask you Obviously, a lot of people don't have that one percenter mentality or that point zero zero one percent mentality as it is. What if, if you could try to summarize it for for other people? What do you think helped push you to become that? Because obviously you weren't always like that or, or you might have been. Obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people are like that. But, but what do you think could have pushed you that way or made you want to be that way or, or what formulated you as a person to this point?
0: Yeah, that that is a great question. There's two things. Um, through my childhood, I wasn't always the best at school, that I didn't want to be there, and um, never even knew I wanted to go to college. Now I'm gonna finish off my <laughs> MBA, which is polar opposite. But you know, whenever I got into trouble, I always remember like somebody pulling me to the side and be like, "Man, this kid's got a lot of potential. I want to help him. And I like to this day, I hate the word potential. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it so much. Like if anybody ever says, Jason, you look like you got a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential there. That means I'm not doing my job well enough. Mm-hmm. So that's a horrible oh. feeling for me. So I'm always like, okay, once you'd say I have potential, that means I'm not doing my stuff. I need to pick my game up. So now it's a challenge to myself. And like you'd see behind me mama mentality, that's about getting better every day. And the other one was that my mom passed suddenly and we had a random conversation like a day before she passed away where she's like you know i'm proud of you for um for all the work you're doing and you're pushing towards your goals i know it's hard but you're doing great and it's a very random conversation and when i look back at it like it was the perfect conversation now and you know retrospect because she passed away but between the potential and her telling me that what i'm doing is right and i should keep pushing that's what Pushes me and challenges me to be that next level. You know, like I want to stand out in the crowd, not by how loud I am, but by how much value I bring.
1: Mhm. And I think I, I think a lot of people are just looking at everything from a business standpoint. I think from at least from what I'm seeing, you're looking at it from from a mission standpoint, and like you said, to bring value to others. Um. And I do believe that's gonna get you further in life. And I think I think personally, in, in, when it comes to failures. I think that a lot of people just give up on things. And one of the things that I like that you said earlier was that you don't really have a lot of failures um, because in my eyes, I see that as you've never given up, you're still going, you're still going full force. And, and I think that's going to be one one of the things that's going to put you in the top percentage of, of what you're looking to get. It's like, I didn't give up on it. I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still going day in day out. And that, that right there is mama mentality to me. And, and that's why I'm like, I give you mad props. Um, I, I guess it, this is more of a personal note for me on my end. Um, is there anything that you might – um that you regret that you didn't do like – or didn't say to your mom? Because obviously like for me, I, I don't really have that great of a bond with my own mom. Uh, and that's kind of difficult because I do want to break out of that. But it it's because we've had a lot of issues in the past, I guess. And, but, but she's here at the same time. So I do want to let go of that. And I know that's my own challenge, but – I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have any feedback on that for me.
0: Well, there's two. And um, I, I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to Brandon Bouchard a lot. Uh-huh. And what I would recommend is Brandon Bouchard has 32 questions to ask your parent, And that is mind-blowing because um, you should ask them these questions, write them down, have them recorded because when they pass away, you don't have the opportunity to know the information about their childhood that they may never have told you. So that's always really helpful. But the Pony Robbins one is actually really, really good too, because as you're sitting here right now, there's not a lot of people that do podcasts, there's not a lot of people that stay committed to communicating with me that, um, pull all the way through. And that has to do with the way you were raised, the person you've become. And for all the hard challenges that you may have had with your mom, like she shaped you into this. So, What I always recommend, and this is again from Tony Robbins, he says that what you actually do is you go tell them and thank them for making it hard and think, yeah, it was hard and I love you, but yet this is where we are now and I want to have a new chapter to our relationship and it's going to be a lot harder than you think and it's not going to happen all at once, but like our conversations... You know, like you asked me, hey, do you want to hop on? We had a conversation. I vetted you out and we had to keep talking. It's a relationship we were building to the point that we're here now. It's going to be the same thing with your mom. It wasn't easy at first. It's going to take some work. But if you put the time in and you see that she's trying to put the time in, then keep pushing. And trust me, you'll get to the other side and you're going to be a lot happier. Mm -hmm.
1: I really like that, particularly the one that you said. Thank you for making it harder for me. I I, I didn't see it in that light, but I, I do like that because that's pushed me to not be complacent. That's pushed me to be able to to get farther in life than, than some people that, that I've, that I know personally, you know, and and I'm not done yet. And I don't want to ever give up on that. That's one thing I, I never want to be just finished. I never want to be complacent. I never want to just come back home. And I'm like, that's it. I'm like, no, I want to have something to look forward to. I want to keep grinding. I want to make my way to the top. And I, I never saw it from that perspective. So, so thank you on that. Um, how is, um, uh, how is your relationship with your dad? Is he still around?
0: So I, um, I have, a 0.1% relationship with my dad. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's interesting because my older brother has a great relationship with my dad and, you know, I have, my sister has a lot of anger toward him. I have nothing. I have no feelings. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, there's been a couple times in my life where I've attempted to try to re-engage most recently at last Christmas. Um, He has two other kids. I've actually reached out to them and tried to engage with them. It's been a little bit more successful, but Mm it hasn't been. So in the end of the day, like, I could call him, I could tell him the same, like, Hey, this is what made you, um, you know, if anything, what I've learned that it's had a different effect on me where I, I actually, um, you know, I, I do, I search out love, like being accepted is super important to me because I know when I was a kid, I wasn't always noticed or I'm like, I didn't have a dad to support me. So that has an effect on me, but in the same time with that effect where I'm a little bit more emotional than most people and and I need that is what it's also done. Like you said, it's pushed me to be better. It's pushed me to make sure that the relationships I do have, I don't look at the the relationships that are crumbling. I try to build on the ones that I have Mm -hmm. and make those a lot more personable. And my friends, when they're in the community and we become friends, they know I will jump off a boat and jump in the water and I'll pull some Titanic stuff for them if
1: need be. Yeah. I think that's uh that's very telling of who you are as a person. And I would like to say that I'm obviously I can't see myself from outside of my own perspective, but I'd like to think I'm in that same boat as well. Um, I would go for, I would go long distances for the people that I care about. I haven't really gone out of my way to, um, to mend any relationships. Well, I've had a lot of family try to contact me recently uh like in the past year or two but I kind of just like neglect them cuz I've never known them cuz they're from uh, they're from Mexico or they're from Texas and I'm like I've never had a bond with you I'm like I don't even know if I can trust you you know or like what if they're trying to like borrow money from me cuz my dad's been i don't really talk to my dad just maybe here and there but he's had a lot of experiences where, like maybe like his brothers borrowed money from him and like i i think it was like five grand or ten grand like way back when like 10 or 15 years ago and like they never paid him back and they lost contact with him and 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 just a lot of experiences like that um in when it comes to um any relationships that you don't you might not trust somebody whether it be family or Um, probably you probably wouldn't even associate anyone with your business at that point. But how do you, how do you deal with that? Do you just kick them out of your life or do, or how does, how do you focus on that? I know it's kind of an odd question. Like,
0: you know, like you were just talking about financial, like I had given a lot of money to my, my sister and my brother Mm -hmm. and even my mom, you know, everybody was taking and taking because I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. And, and to the place point that I had to step back and look and, And it wasn't because I was broke because I was giving. It was the fact that I realized they were still broke with me giving. (laughs) So I started to be like, okay, well, clearly the money isn't the help. And so Mm -hmm. what I decided to do is be like, okay, and maybe this is something you could do as well is you can give, you can always give ideas on how they can do it. Because, you know, the old expression is I can give a person a fish, but the better thing is to teach them the fish. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing is that I'm going to tell them, hey, I'm going to give you information. I'll be, be there for support for you, but I can't give you anything physically because that's not what you need right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard because they're like, no, you're wrong. I'm broke. I'm broke. And you just need the money. But it doesn't make a difference because once they have the money, that only settles that one bill and doesn't help the next bill. hmm so they need to figure out how to fix their situation or change their situation. It's the hard times, and so what I just try to do is I try to support mentally and um, and spiritually as much as possible. And has it happened in my own life? Absolutely. Do I do I ask my friends for money? Absolutely not. Do I ask my friends for support? For sure, you know. And it's a two-way street there. It's it's it, it can be hard, but. And knowing that somebody's giving you something mentally or like spiritually goes a lot further when you look back and try to go through those memories because the money will be forgotten.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's great that you teach them um, how to fish and, and you're there emotionally because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people just keep keep coming back to the same old thing. Hey, can I borrow 50 bucks? Hey, can I borrow 100, whatever it might be? And it just ends up becoming a habit where the realization is that they need to start Fixing and creating new habits that'll actually help support them for the future. Um, is there any piece of advice that you've given to your kids as 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 kids that you wanted to stick with them for the rest of their lives, or anything that stood out, or that you repeat over and over again?
0: Yeah. So my, my kids get super frustrated with me <laughs> because um, they they do because I you know I push the same things. I push. Um, I'll tell them, hey guys, I don't care if you make the mistakes. You cannot lie to me. Mm-hmm. That's um being true being honest is super important to me and then i just challenge them to say you know especially in the age that we're in now and my kids right now playing video games and watching tv but like i challenge them i'm like hey you guys live in an instant instant gratification time like where it's supposed to just happen for you now but that's not real life and the world is not fair you have to put the effort in you're going to work at it you're not going to be perfect you know, you again, looking at my mentality, mm-hmm. Kobe every day is he was grinding to be the best and he never thought he was going to be the best. So I challenged them and say, okay, what are you doing to be the best? What are you doing to be better? If you say, my son says he's like, I'm not a good test taker. I'm like, okay, but how much are you studying? And he's like, well, I, I studied. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's not an answer. Mm-hmm. Like, did you put in two hours? How long was the test? You know, how many days did you have? Why aren't you studying three hours? Like, you know, you have the time. Challenge yourself. Because mm-hmm. I, is like the same thing. I can tell him to study and I can push him and do everything. I could be on him every minute of the day. But once he goes to college or he gets into the real world, I'm not hovering. And he's got to make decisions for himself. If he can't start to figure out that he needs to make decisions for himself now, then he's going to be a failure later in life. And, we both know that there
1: are no failures in this household I like that um have you have you mentioned college to them or or what's your perspective and take on it obviously it's it's good obviously you're going to school and everything but do you is there anything that you might be um, pushing them towards obviously like in what they might have a passion in if, if you've seen anything spark in them yet or anything like that anything of that sort yeah so
0: college is obviously great and mm-hmm. I think everybody should go to college I think you know, but like, not just go to college, but learn when you're there and learn how to apply it. But for me, I actually challenge another way. I ask them, what, what do they want to do in life? What is the, what do they want to become? And then they tell me, and I'm like, okay, well, what does it take for you to become that? Let's figure that out. Mm-hmm. And nine out of 10 times it's college, because they need the education to become whatever they want to be. But I don't want to tell them they have to go mm-hmm. because that's their choice. But if they have an ultimate goal, and when I work with youth, I do the same. I work with like middle school to high school kids. I'd say, okay, guys, what is your goal in life? What do you want to become? And they're like, oh, well, I want to, I want to be a rapper. I was like, okay, are you studying rap game? You know, are you, I want to go to the NBA. Well, are you playing every day? You know, Mm -hmm. like whatever that goal is in front of you, that has to be what you're working towards and putting, creating the passion for it yourself. Because again, I can't be there every moment. And I couldn't, like, I can tell them to go to college. I can pay for it. And if he
1: doesn't want to be there, we're all wasting the money. That's great. No, yeah, that 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 basically ties back to exactly what you're saying. You're teaching them exactly how to fish. You're you're teaching them structure. You're giving them, um, you're you're setting up a plan for them without even realizing it, and that's gonna stick with them for the rest of their lives. So I give you, I give you huge props for that because I don't think I think uh, from what I've seen. Obviously, I'm not a parent, but a lot of parents are it looks like from my outside perspective as they're not as engaged they they don't want to put in the work they'll just give them an ipad and kind of just toss the kids away i don't know what's your take on that
0: i'm guilty of the same like i said right now like today um this has been my knowledge weekend so i have to finish a book i started yesterday morning a 300 page book and i'm gonna finish it by five today like so they've been hanging out but like the thing is is that You know, like I'll say, I'm I can be that bad parent. Hey, here's the tablet, especially during COVID. But at the same time, as we are during COVID, this is a weird time. They can't really go out and play. Mm -hmm. They can't do all those things. So I'm trying to be patient with myself. On the other side of this, I'm just gonna throw a little curveball into the scenario. Is that like, what is the future? Mm -hmm. The future is electronics. Yeah, like that is the future. If I tell and push my kids that you only get outside and not to use electronics, they're the weird kids. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to use it. So instead, if that's the way we're going and yet they know everything about it. And my daughter is like about to be nine years old and she's like talking about doing hacks and like um trying to like code break on video games, I'm like, <laughs> yo, that's software engineering at the finest. Yeah. You know, like keep going and push it. Like I'm not, if that turns into her passion, that's great. It's just what is your passion and is it being applied correctly? Because mm-hmm. I try to look at it. If we're now just trying to give them something and we're just trying to like shut them up with it mm-hmm. and like, you know, like you go to dinner and you see those things. So somebody could have a like you need to figure out priorities because that kid needs to also become part of your family because they're not going to know how to interact with people later in life. Mm-hmm. So try to bring them in, but also try to encourage.
1: I like that. Yeah, that's uh, I, I guess it just roots down to to balance in short. And that's that's important with every single thing that you do. Um, and a lot of people just veer too into one thing or another, like kind of like our divide in America. It's either left or right. I'm like, you guys need to like you need to take a step back and look at everything as to what's going on and look at it from like an objective point of view. Um, have you ever, um, I guess kind of going back to the software engineering part, have you ever, um, kind of, uh, let them peer into maybe like coding or, or software engineering or like that, of that sort for them? Yeah.
0: No, I, no, I haven't actually, um, I kind of, to be honest, um, I like to look very forward. So a lot of my, um, branding and my marketing strategy is looking forward, but doing the most simplistic thing, Mm -hmm. because most people want to look forward and try to do the most forward looking thing. But a lot of times it's the easiest of what today is. So when I talk, when I look forward with my kids, it's where are we going? And, you know, coding and software stuff was actually, you needed to be getting your degree about 10 years ago. Or Mm -hmm. be relevant to today. (laughs) So then you need to say, okay, well, where might we be going? Okay, clearly it's electronics, but. I think it's a step beyond, and I've been trying to figure out where that is. And I see the rise of more social media networks and the way that the social media and, um, social just communities in general have an effect on the world. So I kind of think that if people start to look at it, it's either in a community manager or brand manager, because someone has to be able to navigate either the social media platforms, as well as the digital face, but be able to apply it to a business sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's going to be a whole new era that's a, um, um, in front of us. So with my kids – and it's not just one skill, mm-hmm. but it's being able to utilize all the skills and really get you to um, bring it home.
1: I agree. The reason why I asked that was more so like – was for me in particular because I have been kind of like leaning into maybe looking into it a little bit, maybe like a boot camp or, or studying on my own and get like the gist of it. Uh, My brother does that currently right now. Um, He's a software engineer. I I wasn't really too interested before in the past, but now... Now with everything the way the world is with COVID and and you can work from remote and and it just gives you the flexibility of being able to travel if, if you choose to go and do so or maybe even be there for your kids, although sometimes they might be a distraction if you're at work, obviously, and at home. But yeah, no. So I, I have been curious on that. Have you looked into uh, NFTs or, or do you have any comments on that? What, what do you, I know a lot of people aren't going to know what that even is right now, but I just found out about it maybe like a week or two ago. So I kind of wanted to hear your take on that.
0: Well, two things. One, NFT stand for non fungible token, so it's in the digital space. But real quick, before I hop into that, I just wanted to touch on what you just said about um, your experience. And you know, I think that again, um, you know, computer engineering and um, all that type of engineering. But I think that you can actually look at it at a different point of view. I don't know how analytical you are. I think a lot of people um, bring themselves up as social media social media managers and social mm-hmm. media gurus. <laughs> but the biggest thing is most of them don't really understand the algorithms and um the engineering aspect so you can almost be an engineer where you just look at the numbers and how the platforms um move and how they're driving um view view ship. Mm-hmm. and then that is a whole new space because everybody's like well i can promote you i can put i'm an influencer and i'm a social media manager i know how to get those numbers but it's not about drawing out the engagement so how do you create the exposure and all platforms have algorithms and people need to understand a lot more of those. And that's something that I, I I'd like to dabble into. But So that's something for you okay. um, to think about as well. But on the NFT space, yeah, no, it's fantastic that we're kind of moving into this. Um, I think that you could see it coming by the GameStop and all those other areas. Because what's going on now is that um, you're having a social aspect that's driving new communities forward. And the whole idea of art being, um, being done, not just through blockchain, but through community purchases has been around for a long time. And it's essentially you investing in art pieces, um, together. And as the value increases, you guys all make a larger split on it. Just like stock. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, eat, eat, yeah. now, now, now taking that same ideology and applying it to, um, putting it on the blockchain for traceability of those owners. And then you get ownership of it is just another dimension in in, in implementing crypto to it so i think it's a great um a great thing to do i've actually um i've probably increased my investment into crypto um you know actually right before um nfts started to become big, and um i've already seen the dividends being paid back on that amazing Um, i will say though um that people should be a lot more cautious um when entering the space because there are upfront costs and it's not just, hey, I'm going to have an NFT and everybody's going to buy. I'm going to be rich mm-hmm. because you have to pay an upfront cost. And it's no different than social media. You have to have a community that wants to partake in the purchase of it. And if you don't have that community, no one's going to um, purchase and you're not really going to make any money. And you're just going to lose a lot of money very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, that I saw recently was I don't originally remember what price he paid for it but some guy sold an nft for 69 million dollars i think uh gary vaynerchuk posted it like two days ago i was like excuse me i'm like i don't understand but i i I guess i was kind of talking about this with my friend i'm like is is, are they basically playing hot potato with it until like it it implodes or is it actually going to have this potential value in the future and that's something that's a little bit more in the unknown um yeah no I just thought it was crazy that you could buy digital real estate digital jails I was like I'm like I don't understand (laughs) I'm like but do you think we're gonna transition into that world possibly because I know I I guess kind of looking into the future a little bit obviously we're going into the whole AI world we're gonna go into Neuralink and that's just the tip of the iceberg are we gonna be is there going to be other alternatives? More than likely, there will be. This is probably just going to be the first one of the kinds. You think we're going to be maybe like in a VR world, or or what's what's your personal take on that?
0: Yeah, I was actually recently doing a panel, and a guy was talking about not just VR and alternate reality, um, visually, but like sense and like because touch and sense are really important. Mm-hmm. They already have it where you can go into concerts now. Really, really cool. Idea. Really, I don't know if you've heard this, but. Um, you essentially go to a concert and they're building it out where you're standing there with your friends, <laughs> not physically in the room, but you're standing there in the virtual reality world, mm-hmm. augmented reality, and somebody can be like, hey, let's go into this other room. And the idea is that you guys hop and leave that room together and to the point that if that room is maxed out, three out of four of you guys get in and the other won't. You have to stand in line. What? So, like, they've really been working on that. I definitely think that there's going to be, um, you will see growth. I think it might um, help because, like, specific type of niche musicians or um, maybe more introverted people that want to get closer um, to the, you know, the the performer than they typically would when they actually went to a concert. But there is going to always be, and a lot of this is being, um, I want to say, like, exacerbated or like amplified um, because of the pandemic, because we can't physically go to concerts, mm-hmm. but the moment we do, and I've actually talked about this as i um, potentially building out a brick and mortar um, for my company at some point here, when we get on the other side, there's going to be a drive for people to get out. There's going to be a, a um, the amount of bars, that, like the gym, that <laughs> people are going to be out, or it, it, it's going to skyrocket. All those, all those stocks and all those businesses are going to grow exponentially. Because people, at least in the short term, people want to get out of their homes. They want to feel like they can engage with their friends whenever they want. And that's going to have an effect on NFTs, all the digital space. It, it may not say that it's stopping. It may just slow down for a bit before it really takes off.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I, I I, knew that maybe I wasn't actively aware of it. Like, But you are correct. I think, yeah, you're, we're going to see a huge surge in in regards to bars, gyms, restaurants, whatever it might be, a huge spike. From there, I'm not sure where we're going to go, but yeah, no, it, it's a crazy time that we're in. Um, have you taken the the vaccine yet, or are you going to? Yes, I,
0: I've had um I've had the Moderna vaccine and okay. um gone through both my doses.
1: Okay. Okay. That's awesome. I actually kind of wanted to get into that for you because obviously the reason why I'm doing even podcasts to begin with is to, to educate myself and obviously I can Google it, but I'd rather have that, uh, that person to person, interaction, especially during these times, you know, but what, why, why do we need two um, two doses? Obviously I, like I said, I'm, I have no knowledge on that. So I apologize. Yeah. I'm just
0: dropping my charge right here. No worries. Um, so the tech, definitely it's a great question. And, and, uh, the single dose actually gives you a subtle um, immunity i think um for the moderna it gives you about 60 percent coverage mm-hmm. but um that just means that that's the amount of dosage of um like antibodies to um, the proteins that you'll generate mm-hmm. that are known to um basically prevent you from getting sick and then but with that second shot the increased amount actually brings it up to the 95 percent so it's, again, just adding additional um, protection mm-hmm. because the birth
1: dose doesn't give you enough. Got you. Okay. Um, have your kids taken it as well, Bunny Jones?
0: No. Oh, and yeah. Actually, it's been really interesting because um, my ex-wife does, um, did not get it, and um, and she she probably won't get it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And my kids um, are most likely never to get it because most kids won't get it. So it, it definitely complicates things because – I still have to worry about my exposure, who I take my kids around, mm-hmm. even though I have it. Because, you know, yeah, I'm kind of protected, mm-hmm. but they're
1: not, and I only want to be safe. Got you. So, I guess, is that going to be more so, like, for a herd immunity type of thing? Because they're pushing out the vaccine for people that are older first? Or, or is that more like a personal choice, maybe, because of your ex-wife? or?
0: You no, know, the kids, they they don't have the opportunity right now. It's okay. not a herd immunity. It's about... Um, you know, vaccine availability. Okay. And right now that they don't have the available amount to offer kids. So they're doing the phases. Um I know that there is a big push, especially with Johnson Johnson and Asta AstaZetica, mm-hmm. um, you know, now having offerings that they're trying to get everybody. Um, I think I just heard last night we were talking about it with May 1st, um, mm-hmm. to have everybody vaccinated. Personally, I don't even know if we could systematically do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have enough locations to get everybody yeah. vaccinated quick enough. But, um, you know, hopefully we will start to see a lot more. And as I've already seen, especially in San Diego, um, and I think you're in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Um, I started to see things open up here that I sat in a restaurant inside. Oh,
1: of huh. oh nice. I, I don't think... I think they're allowed I, – I could be mistaken, but I believe I heard that 25% capacity is available here in, in L.A. and the same thing as in New York as well. It's indoor capacity. So that's interesting. My only worry, which I don't think we will this time around, but I don't want to speak too early either at the same time is that we don't have another lockdown. I don't see it for the foreseeable future, but – like I said, I just don't want to, I don't want to assume, but I have seen that there have been a lot more concert dates, um, a, a lot more like for, um, in Inglewood, I forget. I think it's, I forget what it's called. I forget. I, I don't even go to concerts. Um, but like the convention center, uh, whatever's in Inglewood, uh, like a bunch of other places, the, um, whatever <laughs> that's uh that's a little gap that I have that in movies. I, I'm just not too, too big on that personally. <laughs> so I have like little like regular gaps, but, yeah no so I mean I think we're gonna open up especially like you said more than likely well w- the optimistic perspective is to get it by May first which I, I don't think either I think we'll have the amount of vaccines if people want to take it and then it, like you said it's all about at that point how many people can distribute it and then how many people are are gonna be willing to take it What's your take on the people that that don't want to take that the vaccine Yeah
0: you know like it's it's the same thing just think of this like um it's, one, think of the flu vaccine. Not everybody gets the flu vaccine, mm-hmm. so not everybody's gonna get the COVID vaccine. It's just, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I get, I get it, but like, you know, also think of this whole scenario. as, like, like a pendulum. Pendulum. You know, the pendulum. There's a, there's a good amount that sit in the middle. They never really move. Well, the ends move, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's the one end that believes that this vaccine is gonna stop everything, and you're 100% covered, and no one's ever gonna get sick again. Mm-hmm. That's not true. And then there's the other side that believes the vaccine won't do anything that's not true. Yeah. It's, so th- it doesn't make a difference. And if you look at any market, you look at any, any type of sales, like it's always the same with any type of customer. There's always going to be a subpopulation that believe it's perfect. and Another one that don't want to buy it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the nature of the beast. So really it's about just advertising to the masses and just making sure that we're all safe because in the end of the day is I could get the vaccine. I potentially could still get sick. So, um, I just need to be realistic, take my precautions mm-hmm. and try to be as healthy and active as possible to make sure I'm, I'm good.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anything that, that you've done that you've changed in the past year that, that you haven't done before to, to better yourself in regards to like maybe, um, like your well being in, in particular?
0: Yeah. So one of the big things is I'm not a runner. Um, and I like, I, I'm six, three, um, and I'm right about 200 pounds and I just look pretty athletic so everybody thinks i'm a runner like now you know i played basketball in college but like i'm a surfer now and i'm not that active outside of it i wish i was i wish i had potentially more time but i started picking up running um and a little bit was because of the vaccine or excuse me because of um covid and i did some a bunch of hit trainings and i wanted to get into crossfit but just don't have the time mm-hmm. but what i did do is like and i'm probably going to get another one in today is like, I just try to run like four miles, um, at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of actually what I did not just because it's it helped me physically, mm-hmm. what I did is also because it's something I don't want to do and it helps me facing that fear. Like, I don't want to do it. I'm making myself, it's, it's mind over, um, mind over body. So that would maybe something that physically I took up to be a little bit more, um, you know, better when I can't get in the water to surf or um, go skate.
1: Mm-hmm. That's something that I, that I envy that I've always had a challenge with. I feel like I recently started breaking free of that slowly um, from my perspective. But I, I always find it super challenging to or at least I used to when it come when it came to being able to do things that you don't want to do. That's always been a challenge. Like kind of how I was referencing in the beginning. I was like, hey, it's easy to just stay comfortable, just stay complacent. But it feels better to just break free of that and. I think it kind of I think I'm kind of going back to something it, it's supposed to instead of staying in bed and sleeping all day uh, in your dreams, go out and create your own dreams and make them a reality. Um, And I, I, that's one of the things that stuck with me. And, and I'm like, OK, and I don't want to just I, I, that's one of the things that like f- fear has been one of my biggest things. But I feel like recently I've been channeling my fear a different way as opposed to being shocked. It's it's more so, hey, we just got to do it and i don't know it just feels better i just feel a lot more productive i don't feel as anxious i feel like i'm channeling it a little a little bit more differently personally um i did want to go back to one more thing though as well how did you get into surfing because that's something i've been looking into getting into myself
0: you just do i actually um 2003 i um i moved down to san diego and i had a college roommate Mm -hmm. that when i was in college i had a roommate and he was this little short soccer guy, not short, um, he was like five six, but to me, I was Yeah. Um, and his name was Jason, so it was Jason and Jason. Mm. But um, he surfed, and I stopped playing basketball for a year, and, you know, one day he's like, I'm going to go surfing. I was like, he's like, you want to go? I was like, what? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried it, and it was the middle of winter in L.A., and I had no wetsuit, and the water was freezing, and mm. I almost thought I was going to die. But I like a challenge. So when I moved down to San Diego – and i knew san diego was for, for surf i said hey if i'm moving to san diego for work and i'm gonna do this let me just see if i can try this surfing thing one more time. Mm-hmm. i did by 2009 2010 i was competing oh, um, what? you know for a little bit not like it was more the amateur level but i was competing That's so and awesome. i was having a lot of fun and started traveling um and then i actually stopped for some years and um and like more recently past four years i'm back on stuff to competing level mm-hmm. but um like again it was just something you just do like and then once you do like if you get addicted you feel it. you've got to put the time in it's mm-hmm. not like no different than anything else and everybody's like well you're you're good now i don't want to start i'm like dude <laughs> i had to just start yeah I'm, i literally started skating Probably a year ago, again, like I did a little bit when I was a little kid, but I just started 40 year old guy out there on the skate park with the little kids falling. And let me tell you, it hurts a lot more when you're, <laughs> but, but you know what, mm-hmm. why not? I'm going to get better and I'm going to be comfortable, but honestly, most people give me props. because They are like, dude, you're 40 and you're out here trying it. We appreciate that.
1: Mm-hmm no yeah that's uh, that's amazing um no i'm actually like pretty impressed because that's one of the things that stops a lot of people just the fear of being judged the fear of being criticized but that never stopped you and that's i admire that because like i'm telling you a lot of people don't have that even for not even for just skating in particular just just a lot of things a lot of people let that get in their way you know so but yeah i mean when it comes to surfing what I mean, I'm horrible at balance. That's like the one thing that I've like started. I'm like, I know I'm gonna eat like horrible shit like I, the whole day, weeks, whatever it might be. Do you have like any tips for maybe like a beginner or someone that might get into it, aka me? <laughs>
0: yeah, you can try balance boards. I have a couple of them in in my house, um, mm-hmm. but really acting push-ups help too. And the, that's the interesting thing about surfing. I watch. I love is that. Any sports you go to, and I want to say this, and I want to touch on something real quick, but any sports you go to, like if I pick up a tennis racket and I go play tennis, and I get on a tennis court, I hit it, some guy's like, "Wow, you played before?" I'm like, "Never," right? So mm-hmm. like, or I go shoot baskets, I make a basket, I just make a shot, like, and I've never played before. Somebody's like, "Man, you look like a natural," right? Thumping, mm-hmm. no, everybody sucks. <laughs> everybody starts at the same place nobody's good, everybody's going to bash their head on the sand, (laughs) everybody's going to get tossed by a wave, No, it just happens and that's the best part because if you're going with a friend, you have all those stories, you create memories instantly and that's where, you know, surfing can be a really, really community sport too, Mm -hmm. I know you're out there by yourself but the way that you relate and the memories that it creates is something else kind of thing, so I definitely want to say that and um, the other thing I want to say is Like is what you just talked about with like the skating or like not, not, um, you know, like being worried that people are going to judge you actually, as I'm reading a book right now, ditch the act by my friend Ryan Follings, which is a um, shameless plug there. Um, but Mm -hmm. what it is, is it's literally talking about when you're interacting with other people, you want authenticity and you want vulnerability. You want that. You want to see, and you, that's how you relate to it. But when you ever you look internal at yourself, you you anybody, and I'm not saying you specifically, you view it as a weakness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That vulnerability and that authenticity and that all of those things, the weaknesses, are your strengths because that's how people will relate to you, and that's how you get better. So I almost challenge you to go fall all of that stuff mm-hmm. and i'm telling you you're gonna get a lot more support than if you never try or you think you're already the best
1: i love that thank you so much yeah i i agree i've always had a thing for a like literally one of my favorite things is for me is when whenever i start anything no matter what it is for whatever reason i'm just naturally clumsy <laughs> i always fail much harder than others but when i pick it up i start to get Uh, a lot a lot better but i think that that has to do in part with my stubbornness (laughs) because like once i get like embarrassed i'm like okay like it's this is reality but i'm like okay i could just give up or just keep going and the stubbornness in me is like we're gonna fucking go at this all day and all night so that's that's a me thing that i've noticed i don't know what it is but i really
0: that's that's one of the best skills to learn because when you're fumbling and you're failing in the beginning, that means you're learning quicker. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of studies that I've been done. Like if you're practicing a song, you go and then when you fail, you restart. And then you go, you fail, and you restart. You just keep repeating and you get better faster. Instead of somebody that goes through the whole motion with all the failures. Mm-hmm. So because you're practicing
1: got you okay um i think w- w- uh, one of the few last things that i did want to touch up on is how is skydiving that's another thing that i want to just dive into <laughs> that i haven't done i have i have a reservation to go bungee jumping in a few weeks but uh that's another thing i i'm oh and i'm like scared of heights so i'm like all right we're going to do this um i do want to do skydiving that's on the bucket list but i think surfing is first even though it's a little cold right now but i'm like ah, fuck it i'll freeze my ass off it doesn't matter
0: skydiving is super easier than you think yeah um, i actually want to go bungee jumping um that's one of the things i actually want to go indoor skydiving too there's one near me mm-hmm. but um but what i'll just say is on the skydiving it was actually scarier getting up there mm-hmm. than it was in the air oh really yeah Because you're on a rinky-dink little plane Mm -hmm. that you can hear. It's like aluminum, so it's, like, shaking all the way up. And then you're knowing that you're high because you're not sitting in a seat, like, on a normal airplane. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm about to be jumping out. And then the other thing is that once you leave, once you're looking out, you're like, that's fucking hot. (laughs) That's super high." But once you hit the air, you don't – your mind can't perceive the distance.
1: Okay. You're just
0: falling. So it just, you're, you're like, you're airless. You're lifeless. Like you're moving. but And well, I had a goggle that was pinching me in the eye. So my eye was all red. But like, I'm screaming. I couldn't hear the guys talking to me. I couldn't hear them. We were just doing high fives. He's getting pictures. Like it was the most amazing feel. But like, again, it was that fear. Like, yeah, on reality, like my parachute may never open. Mm -hmm. But really isn't that the story of life? Like you can do something and yet you may not be able to stop. Like in, you, know, like people like smoke weed, they do drugs. Yet where's their, where's their like latch for the parachute? Where's their point to stop themselves, slow them down? They don't. A lot should keep going harder. So it's like, but like it's there. You just got to trust and trust mm-hmm. me. It, it, it sounds crazy, but like the feeling after you're like i just accomplished something and like the same thing's gonna be like with bungee jumping like mm-hmm. that feeling of jumping where you're weightless and you're like oh my gosh i are gonna fall and then you get snatched mm-hmm. it's gonna be the same thing
1: that's insane yeah i have um i have tickets to go uh bungee jumping in the what's it called the bridge to nowhere somewhere like in l.a uh, I think it's like a five mile hike and it's like a b- abandoned bridge. So I'm like, all right, I'm pretty fucking scared, <laughs> but like you said, I'm like, you just got to do it. Um, I'm hoping it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping it's similar to skydiving. I mean, I would hope, but it's like whenever I think of like heights, and I, I instantly revert back to that huge ass ride in the Berry form, uh, a Supreme scream. There you go. That one, I don't know if you've ever been on it, but it just goes up and down, and you can see the whole city. And I'm like, I'm gonna throw up right now. <laughs> Have you done it? Have you done that one? Uh, supreme scream, yeah. Like, but like, my stomach churns so bad thinking about it right now.
0: I've never done it. I'm too scared.
1: Really? But you've gone skydiving.
0: I know. I know, and I don't like. I don't really do roller coasters. Mm. On, like a couple roller coasters, I've done flips on, but like maybe sometimes. Like the other thing is waiting in line. Mm-hmm doesn't sit well with me because i'm gonna like oh i'm gonna sit there in line for two hours nervous i can't handle that, that okay. so like the same thing it's like there's no different it's like it's just what we expose ourselves to like if there was no line on a roller coaster and someone's like hey this one's crazy go gonna do a bunch of flips i be mean, like okay i'll try it but sometimes it's the waiting game because you get in your own head
1: mm-hmm. oh i see that makes a lot of sense yeah so it's just it's just, just do it pretty much right nike yeah That's crazy, I like that. I like that. Um, one. Okay, I'm almost done over here. I was like, I let you. I know. I like. I know you got to finish the book up and uh, and run. But, um, I did have a few more personal questions. Really quick. Do you have any advice in regards to, um, potentially how to market the the podcast? Now that I have you here, or anything that you might recommend that that I do that I might not do.
0: Yeah. So I think that your approach is really good. Um, you know, I I think that the marketing aspect is definitely it away for free. Um, just mm-hmm. put it up there. Um, promote it. I was looking at some of your um, your page, um, and you know, and I couldn't find where to find the consolidated um, um, podcast list. Okay. So I don't know if you want to have um, like a link tree that takes me to a landing page okay. um, that you can track to see how many um, people are actually not just listening to your podcast, but are going to the page mm-hmm. to find out um, this here, you're, to see what list of mm-hmm. um, speakers you have. You know, um, especially in the age that we're in, is um, shorts are going to be really good. So cut the crap out of this podcast mm-hmm. and just make shorts. Sure like, literally, um, if you can, make cut it up and throw one on TikTok. That's, like, 15 seconds, 15 to 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's maybe, like, whatever gem you feel like I have, mm-hmm. or, you know, or, um, you know, like, or put something, like, over your shoulder, like me surfing. Um, just <laughs> to get somebody to catch them mm-hmm. um, and then feed them back to the larger larger video um you know and still um the one hour podcasts are really hard to do if they're just not audio if someone has to watch it Mm -hmm. they're not going to sit through it so um they'll tend to if they're going to do it they're just going to skip through so whatever important parts you want to pull just cut that up and share that that portion of it
1: okay yeah
0: the interview is never interviewer is very rarely ever going to be um um bothered that you cut the podcast up a little bit mm-hmm. like um at least for video for audio they may be like dude i want i wish can you keep all the audio intact because if we want people to hear the flow mm-hmm. but like for video like if you just want it, because it's like a commercial you want to read commercials sometimes
1: i see okay well awesome well thank you very much where where can people go in and find you and support you i want to i'll go and make sure to put that all in the description for you as well on spotify and on itunes
0: yeah, so you can always find me on Twitter. I'm I'm to, I'm totally there, there. I'm the True Frobro. Um, and then I'm on Instagram for Jason Frobro. Um, and I've been spending a lot of time on Clubhouse. And um, I'm I'm and that I'm um also called True Frobro. And I'm pretty actually. Um, I'm an introvert. Uh, that's kind of an extrovert. So if you ever interact with me, um, I'm not overly boisterous, Um, and I don't promote all the things in my profiles. But if you ever want to engage, I'm always willing, um, and I, I love to have conversations and learn about people and provide value however I can. So I would say those are the best, um, check out the froze, um, that's T R eight or excuse me, T H E F R O S.com. That's where you'll find, um, the clothing brand. And then, um, we're starting, we having fully, um, got all our social for my, um, nonprofit that I, um, I founded and that's froze F R O S um, rising.com and um, we're pretty excited for all that we're going to do there and man i just really really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me
1: no i i appreciate you taking the time out of your day and and thank you so much for your time and for for your wisdom i I, i'm really taking it to heart so thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah let me know however i can help and to any of your listeners um definitely keep listening in and um yeah just reach out and i'd you know, we should definitely do this again sometime soon.
1: Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and do it. Awesome, man. You take care. You have a good rest of your day, okay? All right. You, bye yeah. bye, man.